I've got um, uh, I've got two two daughters, seven and four. Okay. I mean, You've had yeah, it. Yeah, but it's ten thirty-eight, so they're asleep, thankfully. But if this Got was if this was two thirty in my afternoon, they would be on this interview with you. Yeah. Um, taking over most likely. So I just want to touch base. I know we sort of became Facebook friends recently, and yeah. um, I just thought Barbara Eels, Barbara Eels. Okay, that's is that project going to see? Okay, I love that. That's I need to chat to her. Uh, <laughs> that's oh, great! I'm glad that you reached out. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, uh, well, I uh, was it. It was uh, it's Christopher Noel, right? Nathan. Right. I think I saw a few bits that my fellow countrymen, because I'm from Wales originally, although I don't really have the accent, same as uh, Jason Parsons did for Tony. Right. So I noticed in the past that he was on there a little bit with some of his you know, bits and pieces, his video breakdowns. I thought I just I haven't heard that for ages, and we've not talked about that kind of thing. Um, on the, the podcast, um, so just wanted to get your the insight to you know why why did you guys I know you're one of the founders why why did you start it why did you make this first of all your what is it and then okay. how did it come about? All right, well, Project Go and See is is more or less a challenge to the Bigfoot community and beyond. Really, we want to reach beyond uh, the usual suspects and trying to encourage others to just go and see. Um, in the Bigfoot community, there's a tendency to lock onto um, certain aspects of, of this field of interest. And yeah. people tend to um, sort of join cliques and compartmentalize mm -hmm. their experience. And I think that that's probably one of the biggest hurdles in moving forward in this subject is uh, how that has really uh, closed doors mm -hmm. uh, people contemplating things that they may not consider otherwise uh, having marginalized their experience by only dealing with a certain sort of uh, group think mm -hmm. if you will and so the whole project came about uh, after Nathan Rio, we know him as Rio, uh, he set out to actually disprove Bigfoot to his nephew. Uh -huh. uh, he was not a believer, he thought it was a bunch of hogwash, and uh, just kind of had this personal mission to disprove everything that his nephew was claiming, and in the process of doing that very quickly had an encounter uh -huh. himself. And it just, you know, he was gobsmacked. He, it was the last thing he ever expected. And, of course, naturally, that turned his entire belief system upside down as far as this creature is concerned. And um, we used the, the expression catching a Bigfoot bug. Once you see one, I mean, how can you not mm -hmm. be um, incredibly altered? Um, it's the boogeyman. You know, it's, it's the Bigfoot. The legend, the one, the one animal that was filmed back in 1967, and there's so little evidence, rock hard evidence, um, pointing to its real existence. And even now, that is still such a controversial piece of film. But the bottom line is, uh, he started going out and doc 
documenting his experiences. And those in the community are very much aware of um, the connection of uh, structures in the forest, manipulation of the surroundings in ways that um, pose a lot of questions as to whether they're human made because really must, you know, much of it really has no purpose. Um, and requires a lot of time and energy to create some of these structures for zero purpose. And I don't know about you, if you're a big hiker or if you spend a lot of time outdoors, but most people who do, you know, aren't in the midst of a hike or, um, you know, trying to get up to that beautiful waterfall or that scenic peak and just stop everything they're doing and tell everyone they're with, I've got to build a structure. Okay, we just have to stop what we're doing. It's time to build a structure. We're going to need all the biggest men that are with us to move these 20-foot, you know, 12-inch diameter logs exactly yeah. how I need them to be placed. It's just unrealistic. Then, of course, you have the possibility that they're bushcraft, and I think some of them are. Um, I think we do see a lot of that in Project Go and See, but you kind of have to, uh, you know, add some critical thought to what you find out yeah. there and, and ask, you know, what is the purpose? Is it shelter? Um, okay, it looks like shelter, but do you fit in it? Um, mm. Look inside. Why are there boulders and rocks and trash? Where would you sleep? Why would you put those rocks in there? Um, why make a campfire ring and never use it? Um, you know, add some, uh, some critical thought to uh, including what you find as intriguing, you know? Uh-huh. It, is it likely human-made? If it isn't, great. Let's see it. Let you know, share it. Tell us why you think it probably may not be human-made. Rio went out. He um, started documenting what he was experiencing. And uh, there was a day up in Utah, um, eight, 9,000 feet up. Uh, he had set out this spring day to try and locate a structure that he had found the year previously. And the snow had finally melted and he had the time to do it and went up to film it, to document it. And if you're at all familiar with um, the catalog of Rio's videos that were once available online and unfortunately are no longer, uh, you would know that um, a lot of what he did was talk while he was hiking. Mm-hmm. And, and he's engaging and very down to earth. And um, yes, people like were a very nice chap. He's a great guy. And um, his channel kind of just took off. Uh, and then this one day on the way up to what he called Monument Wallow, he was flanked. Um, we believe by at least three, if not four individuals based on the different directions the vocalizations were coming from. He had both his dogs with him. And um, he was completely, got off, you know, completely caught off guard by, by the situation, was not expecting it. So he filmed this as it was happening and, um, and posted it after having um, manipulated the audio in a way that uh, everyone who watched the video would be able to experience the vocalizations as clearly and as loudly as he did. Uh, unfortunately for him, forensically, it's obvious that it was manipulated. And so um, the fallout from that was um, very disruptive and scary. Oh, I see. Yes, I, I, that's something I, was, I wasn't aware of, actually. I mean, having a hand in cryptozoology in general, I don't ever remember hearing about that, but I, this is something that you talk about sometimes, I think, is that 
uh, in this community, the cliques and the um, the teams, as it were, the opposing teams of theories and um, and uh, uh, com- competing. Um, yeah. Uh, sometimes I think it's competing for the same type of territory. I made a little video recently when I was saying, you know, are we in cryptozoology all big fish in a little pond and there's nothing to eat but each other? Right. Yeah. yeah. And because um, we all go through this experience at certain points. And um, I mean, I myself have been caught up with colleagues in the past in um, you know, in drama and, and fights and little wars against competing colleagues or people that seem to be out to get them. And, and later on, I've I've often you know, got to know the person who was concerned and realized, actually, this was very bad. This person didn't oh. deserve this. And and it seems that we're too eager to dismiss them. So are you saying because he manipulated the video to make sure that everybody could hear what was going on, that manipulation of the sound, etc., was seen as an obvious fake? They say, well, this has been manipulated, therefore, it that's cannot right. be real. And that's very, okay. very sad. Um, very sad. So what happened he after that? Good. He he deleted the yeah. videos? Or? No, no, he still has it. And oh, many yes. of us have, have viewed it. And he's invited others in the community to his yeah. home to uh, actually watch the original on the phone that it was oh, recorded yeah. on or on his computer where it's downloaded. And many have seen it. And the vocalizations are there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say I'm, I'm too close to him to, to give an unbiased opinion about it. I know he, everything he claims about that video is, is indeed yeah. absolutely true. I mean, and, you could say in a way, actually, that you would have to be close to somebody to know that they haven't faked something, right? And I, you can't be too I, well, close right. to them. Knowing them is and what I, gives you the assurance that it's not fake. And, and in all fairness as well, uh, I actually had come into the community and was admining in a group that had been created for Mike Patterson. And um, I had been an admin there for, I don't know, 18 months or so when uh, I had seen Monument Wallow when it was first posted by Rio on his channel, Utah Sasquatch, which is um, no longer, uh, well, the, the group page, the the, the Facebook page is no longer, I think, I, I don't even know if he has a Utah, I don't think he has the okay. Utah Sasquatch Facebook page or, or YouTube channel anymore. He does have his Nathan Rio and there are, I don't know, he, he posts stuff and takes stuff down. He privatizes things. And every once in a while, if you're lucky and you happen to pass by his channel, there may be something there, but he's okay. pretty much scrubbed the, the videos, which is really unfortunate. But and this is all because uh, of this incident. Uh, not necessarily the, that. The uh, right after, right, right after that happened, um, I I approached Rio, and he and I started talking. And at that point, he was pretty much ready to just get the heck out, mm-hmm. and had a, a change of thought and decided to just approach um, social media in a much more cautious way. And so he created a secret group. Um, it's called the inner circle and, um, I helped him establish that group and sort of, um, weed out the dangers. Mm. Uh, it was sort of like Rio's living room and his closest, most trusted friends would hang out and share things that they've come to realize maybe the general population didn't deserve to see. Mm. And 
So we have quite a few um, very well-known people in the group. Uh, compared to most Facebook groups, it's a, it's a small number of people, but yeah. um, we're very careful about who's there, and uh, it's a place where we can share um, what we find and what we experience uh, sure. with safety and anonymity. And uh, Project Go and See was born of um, the fallout of Monument Wallow. And once the IC started sort of getting into a, a groove and uh, he was starting to feel a little more um, bold again about sharing uh -huh. things, um, he came up with the idea that, you know, it doesn't matter if anyone believes you. And you really shouldn't believe what anybody else is claiming. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, the only way to go from cynic to skeptic to believer to knower is through personal experience. And of course, once you start getting into the community and meeting people and finding others that you trust and believe, um, you, you learn so much through others' experiences. But again, at the end of the day, Rio's whole idea was don't believe what other people are saying or doing. Yes. Don't Boy. expect anyone to yeah. believe what you're doing or saying. Don't try and prove anything. Let's just tilt the scales, you know, uh, and allow people to understand that these experiences are really not as difficult to, um, to have if you do certain things. There are certain things that are going to increase your chances of having an encounter, or at the very least, a finding sign. And that's how Project Go and See was born. Mm -hmm. um, the, the group is a little different in the sense that we don't have it open to posts of, um, for instance, m most groups you'll find people sharing really interesting, wonderful things that they see elsewhere. Uh, we don't do that. Uh, the posts in Project Go and See are strictly um, the findings of those who go and see, whether it's audio recordings, um, video, photos, and we're very strict on the type of photos that we allow. Uh, you won't see red circles in yeah. Project Go and See. Uh, you won't see blob squatches. Um, right. They kind of share the stuff behind the scenes and say, look, I found this. Um, we, we don't suggest scrubbing your video after the fact looking for pareidolia. Yeah, yeah. If you do find something that you didn't notice when you were out there the first time, go back. And really, we don't want you posting anything about it until you've Absolutely. been able to go back and, and show a comparison shot. Try and, and take pictures or video uh, from the exact location. And then approach, approach the spot where this thing was. And sometimes, lo and behold, there's that face. It's still there mm. three months later. Let's, let's go see what it was. You know, Golden rule. Far. I mean, I completely agree with that. And uh, I've been saying it to people <coughs> for a long time. You know, if you do find suspicious, uh, interesting structures out in the forest, um, you know, why are we not looking around for footprints around right. them? Or if something that's possibly three to 400 pounds or more has erected a, bit, a big structure. Perhaps right. it's left some indentation and or some hair or sure. scat or other things. And uh, additionally, yes, where's the comparison shot? And even when I started years ago, it's something you just don't think about. Actually. It's surprising right. how many of us just don't think about it. 
I, after listening to, to Jeff Meldrum and getting one of his little, um, had a lovely chat with him actually, and I picked, he gave me, in fact, one of his little pamphlets. And it was a great um, uh, key in there, a great guide for lightweight casting, which was some minimally expanding insulating foam and a piece of cardboard and a little paperweight, and you fill up the, the track with the right. foam. It takes five minutes, you put the cardboard on with a stone on top or a rock or a paperweight. And then you've got this really light cast to take away, and you're not lugging water in this whole, you know. Um, well, thank you for sharing that because I've, I've never yeah. heard of that recipe, and that's an incredible idea. I'm surprised nobody yeah. else has thought of that. I've tried it a so few much times. Easier than um, on my own prints, yeah, I've not found prints here in the UK, but I've tried it a few times, and they come out really, really nicely. And um, yeah, you don't have to wait there, especially with British weather being what it is. You've got to get there before the rain gets there. As fast as possible. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, that, that's a, a great way forward. But people, even people in our Bigfoot community, here, nobody thinks about it. Oh, yeah. I found some, you know, very interesting prints. I'm thinking, where's your casting? Where's right. your cast? It has to yeah, be they're there. not prepared. But no. you know, honestly, I think a lot of the people, and and uh, we're finding it in Project Go and See, they set out to go and look, and of course, everybody does so because they want. They want the experience. They want to yeah. see it, or they want to find a footprint, or you know, some sort of something that um, that will push them to yeah. to be sure. more convinced. And um, they get so excited when they see structures that they just run right up to them and start circling them and taking pictures from every yeah. angle. And I'm like, you know, you should have been looking down. The structure's not going anywhere, but those footprints yeah. definitely will. Yes. And um, just don't run up to the structure. Take your time. Um, one of my favorite uh, sentences out of the mouths of Project Go and Sears is, oh my gosh, I can't believe I was in a spot where Bigfoot had been, or I can't believe they were here. Um, you mean they, they are there. Uh-huh. They are there. They're there. Um, well, the structure's been here for three years, and it, you know it's never been touched. It's never been altered. Well, I don't know about you, but when I'm done decorating my house, I don't change it weekly. I'm I'm going to live with it for a while, you know. And we really don't know why they do what they do. If you believe structures, some of them are are Bigfoot related. Um, I personally think it's probably a form of nonverbal communication, and I think um, because we see such specifically um, built structures repeated across the globe, not just mm-hmm. in the Pacific Northwest or the U.S., but, for instance, you mentioned Wales, Jason Parsons. Mm-hmm. Um, I, on one day, there was one day where he submitted a, a photograph to me back in the beginning. Jason is also a founding member of the Inner Circle and Project Go and See. He was one uh-huh. of the very people to get out there. And we, we were so excited that he was in Wales. And the same day he uh, submitted a photo to me, another new member who I was completely unfamiliar with sent me a picture and my very first thought was, oh my God, he just stole this picture from Jason Parsons. So I went to go see if Jason had posted the picture and he hadn't. And I thought, well, where did he get this? And so I immediately contacted Jason and he goes, no, that's not the same picture. And upon closer inspection, Uh putting the two next to each other, I realized, oh my God, it is a different structure. And they were thousands of miles apart from each other in different countries. And they were that similar and down to two little sticks 
to the left of you know the doorway of the structure uh-huh. and three to the right of the structure and the lean angle was exact and the size of it and the type of uh, you know twigs and sticks and branches that it was uncanny um, the the very you know specific details of these structures like I'm saying you know just a few little sticks outside leading up not even part of the structure sure. um, identical is that just a complete coincidence or is there meaning to not just the structure but the placement of these little things on on the outside perimeter that like you had mentioned someone may not even take note of um, no, it's very interesting to me um i was wondering about asking actually regarding um the areas that you're in now my my knowledge of the usa and other parts of north america in the way that people are spread out is um not very good it's not very um thorough so clearly there are still you know, First Nations tribes of people across the country in various areas, in the areas that you inhabit or the areas that Nathan inhabits or some other people are finding stick structures. Are there are there local populations of First Nations people that are still actively um, occupying the woods or hunting or, or traveling? Could they leave structures like this for some purpose? The, way, the reason I think about it is that here in the UK, it's not very common knowledge, but we have um, a class of people, Irish uh, travellers or gypsies, right. as it were, and they've lived sort of around the land for a very long time. And oftentimes when they're travelling through the woods, they will leave little signs for each other, maybe a right. little arch to say that this way is towards water or that way is towards you know berries or food or whatever, or um, this way to the road. And they could just be sticks that are twisted or, or moved in, in a certain way or an art that's even pinned sometimes. And I just wondered, maybe some of the First Nations people or hunters also do things like that. Do you guys have a system for working out what's what? You know, uh, we know that hunters it, do this, we know that First Nations people do that, etc. Yeah, it's pretty common. I mean, I can't give you specific examples because I'm not versed in all of that. But I, yeah. I can tell you that um, in the just in the time that the community has advanced to the numbers that it is, uh, it, it's well known that um, the sort of markers that the Native Americans have used, the sort of markers hunters may use, and even hikers are, are very well known, and they're um, they're universal. It's a, it's universal language for each of those types of communication, and um, things that we're finding don't correlate. Mm-hmm. Um, the the repeated things that we find um, very uh, like I said, there are there are a few very specific um, patterns in manipulation of the surroundings that we find over and over and over again that cannot directly be attributed to any. Well, look, I you know I'm really um, enjoying it so far. Anyway, so I hope you don't mind carrying on. Um, no, I would love. Well, look about what you were saying um, in regards to the structures and what's left and um, what they could be. It's really nice to see because it's been a bugbear of mine for such a long time. Uh, from a personal perspective, it's really nice to see that people are sort of doing, doing due diligence 
but also getting out there and letting people have a go without jumping on them and smashing them and criticizing yeah. them which sometimes if you're in this community it's not just bigfoot like because i study the whole thing right. it's lake monsters it's mothman it's you know mm-hmm. uh living dinosaurs whatever you're into god forbid you know you should get on the wrong side of an opinion um yeah. especially if that opinion is established now there's something i noticed a lot uh, recently, what started happening to me is some people were feeding back sightings from my book to me as new evidence. They'd say, oh, hey. yeah. Or of theories even from my book as, yeah. As, yeah. Um, as established and proven principles. And I was saying to these people, oh, actually, no, that, that's a theory in my book. And that's not something I know to be true. It's just something I've kind of put forward as perhaps we could investigate this, maybe this is something. And it got right. me thinking about all the people that have been in the genre for, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, mm. and the ideas they've come up with, whether tried and tested or not, they've kind of become uh, sacred to us. Traditionally, yeah. they've become um, what's it, uh, religious law. Mm-hmm. It's like scripture. Yeah. We can't mm-hmm. move away from it. And I was telling somebody, it's a funny story, uh, in my old church where I grew up, it was a Baptist church, and um, it was a couple of hundred years old, and they had a church organ, one of the old-style church organs with the pipe and the side right. wall, and it was really old, and it was starting to bring the wall down, so that oh. there was this whole thing where they were going to have to get rid of it, and there was a petition started in the church to stop them removing the church organ because it was kind of, it was taken away from God's church, it was taken away this sacred object. And right. the pastor, he got up in the middle of the church and he held the Bible and he said, show me where the organ is in this book. <laughs> and right? where's the church organ in here, you know, in, in Bethlehem? And um, what he was kind of saying is that sometimes in our beliefs, we have something there for so long, mm. it's been established for so long, it becomes tradition and it becomes law and it becomes sacred, the object right. or the principle. I think we've got that problem in the Bigfoot community and others as well. If somebody's established enough and they've been here long enough, you you simply actually can't disagree with them. And if you do, and many people have been on the wrong side of that, you know, you find your exit from the um the mainstream right. Bigfoot community to be a very quick one, and yeah. everybody will be afraid to work with you. What are your thoughts tonight? Obviously, you mentioned Nathan's um uh issue earlier is that something you've directly experienced or, or observed uh yes aside and, from that one incident oh yeah absolutely yeah. um in fact um I'm, i won't mention names but, no no yes. uh, i actually challenged somebody to um take more responsibility for their claims by um offering something that, you know, would, you know, put me over the top of, of questioning it. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't asking for much. I, I was asking for the simple basics that I think um, aren't implemented enough. Like mm-hmm. we kind of just brushed on. Um, there's this tendency to jump to conclusions. Human nature wants answers now. They they want to fill in the gaps. And in Project Go and See, we find a lot of people having experiences, and we can move into this subject later, but yes. uh, that they can't explain. And um, I recently did a, a series of um, 
uh, face-off episodes with Richter Riolo because he and I agree on so much. Uh-huh. And, you know, he's he's been telling me, oh, we've got to do some episodes. And, and I was hesitant to do it. I enjoyed the anonymity I've had uh-huh. um, being in a secret group um, and being able to observe everything that's going on and, and not be um, thrown into the, the fray. Um, and I've my my skin is thickened over time because of this kind of stuff. Uh, and I did challenge somebody who's very well known and has recently um, been much more uh, in in the headlines of the community recently. Um, about 18 months ago, they were a, a member of the inner circle and um, posting stuff just for us. Um, a lot of live videos and personal videos that he wasn't posting elsewhere. Um, and I started kind of taking issue with some of the things that he was saying and yeah. privately addressed him and he blocked me wow. and left the group and took down all of his videos. And, um, you know, I, I in no way attacked him or the content that he was sharing. I, I simply asked him to hold his claims to a higher standard by backing them up can and, i can i um put something to you and it's something yeah. i've experienced a lot is it kind of like that you um you questioned his religious belief right i mean you questioned his belief in the religious sense and sometimes it can be an egotistical sense too but I, i've noticed in this community because there's so many divergent opinions a lot of the disagreement comes in apart from envy over attention or whatever people are doing comes yeah. in when you question a core belief um and you you strike a chord you know and the person right. says but that's it you're, you're out of here you're blocked that has happened and i and i yeah. think you asked that because i think you have a sense of who it may be and it's not that person um, i don't know who it was by the way okay okay yeah. uh no it was actually just claims that he was making a, a about someone else's work uh-huh. and um oh it's hard to to navigate this without being obvious. Um, uh, He just didn't have enough to back what he was claiming about somebody. Uh And it it was that simple. And I asked him, could you please do this? Could you please offer this? Certainly with everything you're claiming, you have that at your disposal. Uh, We need to see it. Yeah. And not only did he not answer me, but it was instantaneous unfriended, blocked, removed from groups. Um, and fine, bye. I so don't have time personal. for that. So personal. I mean, it, uh, the, the problem this person had with whoever else uh, seems more like a personal thing then. It was, uh, what he was claiming was, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't even know if it was a personal sure. thing as much as it yeah. was um, just simply what this person was um, presenting. I'm putting you in the spot. I didn't mean to. No, it's um, okay. Yeah, I'm putting you in an it, awkward corner where you can't but re- reveal who you're talking about. I can see that. And and I could, and but I'm just not going to open no, that no. can of worms because yes, no. there's worms everywhere right now. And yes, there's too many worms. Of, Don't bring any more enough. worms into it. Look, I, enough worms. I um I had a whole period uh, last year where um now my issue was this. My issue generally with people is this. I, I'm polite, I seem quite softly spoken and soft spoken and gentle, I am, but I'm also honest and direct. So when I'm honest and direct with somebody and I don't like any funny business, 
um, right. I realize that they're mostly offended because I haven't met their expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's somebody's, true. even if they're bullying you, even if a, a bully, for one of a better expression, gets a punch in the nose, they're more offended than hurt because that's not what they were expecting to get from the encounter. Right. Um, they'd like to make a complaint, you know, about the lack of service. And there's some of these individuals that, you know, have been put up on such pedestals that um, for the majority, uh, they aren't questioned. They, they just mm. aren't. You know, what they're presenting is um, pre-screened as accepted and because, you know, they're a veteran. And mm. I'm sorry, but um, having been in this field for 30 years does not give you a green light to uh, feed all of us a bunch of crap. And also, uh, it, when you've spent that much time, and I've made this point before, and not trying to have go anybody here, but uh, in general, when you've been there for a long time, where are your results? If yeah. you know so much, where are the results then? As you say, I've been here four decades, five decades. Okay, where's the results? I'd like to well, see them, I, please. And, and yeah, not that you I. should have, but I mean that mm-hmm. with that kind of levity that somebody's putting onto you, they should have yeah. something else. I've been here 40 years and I've discovered that and that and that. So here's my, my standing if they want to lord it over you. Right, right. Um, Richter and I touched on that too and one of his questions that he posed to me is why do I think that some of these veterans some of them deceased now we've lost some wonderful mm. people in this field of interest in recent years um, and why is it how is it that some of these um, scientists and, and veteran researchers dedicated pretty much their entire adult lives to this subject mm. and never had an encounter well that's what they claim um, They've been around a lot longer than I have, and I already know that it's dangerous to make claims of having mm-hmm. had an experience, let alone any you know, proof of it. Uh, and in my time with Project Go and See, we, we don't just have the public open group that anybody in the world can simply just you know, hashtag Project Go and See and be mm-hmm. taken to, but we, we also have a secret group. Um, Project Go and See is, uh, has a secret uh, group as well for those who um, want a place where they can um, share what they're finding and mm-hmm. discuss it with um, others who are as equally concerned about remaining anonymous and aren't really ready for um, the likely backlash that they're going to get. Um, it's harsh. It's harsh. I get it with witnesses all the time, uh, Barbara, that they do not want to go public in any way whatsoever, especially here in the UK. Um, and I, I believe all witnesses. That's my, it's not even believe all witnesses. My philosophy is it's not up to me to believe you or disbelieve you. Right. You know, if I have problems with the credibility of the sighting, I just won't publish it. Um, but I'll, you would never know that Andy, as a witness. Right. Unfortunately, we are um, a rare breed. Yeah, well, the people either get smashed or they get exploited, um, and their names are either dragged out and sensationalized, witnesses this is, or they are, you know, they're, they're mocked or they're, they're pushed away, even by recognized, you know, people in the field uh, from time to time. Yeah, somebody once asked me this. This is a funny offshoot of this particular question. They said... Um, I always ask people if they have any mental health issues when they give me a sighting, but I'm always imp- I'm always very quick to point out to them that doesn't exclude their sighting from being valid. Right. 
what I'm most interested in is, is do you suffer from regular hallucinations or delusions? Uh, something you've been diagnosed with? And if you do, would this recent experience be outside of the norm of those hallucinations? So even right. then, you know, it doesn't right. mean that you can't have an experience. I'm sure right. lots of people with issues have had experience, experiences. But that's that's still the same investigative procedure you go through for, mm -hmm. for a regular person who doesn't have any of those issues to somebody who does. And it's outside of the norm of your normal daily right. experience. And if so, let's look into it. Let's, ex you know, sure. let's investigate it. Yeah, I've, I've never thought mm -hmm. about that, but that's interesting. Mm. Occasionally mm -hmm. it happens. But just that, yeah. yeah, don't give them the, the credibility and people don't want to come to us anymore. I also think, not trying to um, talk away here, but there's a greater demand than the actual supply for evidence in the Bigfoot uh, genre. Absolutely. And so people essentially are um, with their GoFundMe projects and their, their little right. product lines. I've got my own as well, by the way, but they're having to produce lots of kind of evidence, I guess, yeah. you know, every well, day. And it's interesting. Yeah, and, and it's very interesting because um, those who have never stumbled into the Bigfoot community, the, the, the interest on social media, which is massive, um, people who don't have Bigfoot on the brain really have no idea how much information is out there and really um, how much is believed to be understood as little as it may be. There's quite a bit of, of speculation based on repetitive uh, experiences um, in this subject. But people who just happen to turn on the TV and get interested, you know, they're channel surfing and they stumble upon finding Bigfoot, for instance. Yeah. And, and they power watch the show. You know, that is all-encompassing of their experience with Bigfoot. They, they just turn off the TV and it, it's just not part of their world. Um, and there, there's so little... Um, the point I'm making is that when someone has an encounter, they may go tell their wife, their husband, their best mm -hmm. friend. And the initial reaction across the board, I mean, I get it all the time when I tell people that, you know, I, I started out helping out somebody with administrative stuff in the Bigfoot community and, and completely pulled in. Uh, but the minute you mention the subject, people chuckle. They, they have that nervous laugh, you know, or there's the eye roll, or you're instantly, you can tell that their ears just shut off as soon as you mention Bigfoot. Uh, you know, they're nodding and they're not hearing a word you're saying. That's just mentioning Bigfoot. Yeah. Those that are struggling with... Um, what they've seen because they had a, a class A encounter, you know, they, they looked into the eyes of one of these creatures and sometimes it's very benign and other times it's incredibly scary mm -hmm. um, and everything in between. You just can't talk about it. And that's part of what Project Go and See hopes to do is to open that door much wider and, and get a much larger audience um, and for the sentiment of the subject to shift a little bit uh, and become a much more accepted conversation and subject mm -hmm. in general. Uh, how is a person expected to share their encounter when they really feared for their life mm -hmm. or, or there, were, uh, there was an exchange of vocalizations or this thing followed them for a week in, in the forest? Um, how are they going to even begin to talk about that when mm. 
you just bring up finding Bigfoot and people laugh at you. Yeah. Yeah. Or oh, some of the other shows as well. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's very hard. I, I have witnesses that will speak to me, but they will not, they will not go even with their voice disguise. They will not anonymously even come on right. and have a little chat about their encounter. I've had two, three, maybe people that said, okay, I'll speak to you about this. I think it might be three years. I have three years of, of people coming to me with yeah. things that, that boggle my mind. Mm. Um, I've had grown men, hunters, crying on the phone with me. Yeah, not surprised. Uh, frustrated and scared and not understanding. And what do you do? You know, I. It's kind of like I, a PTSD, I, isn't it? You you could have. Absolutely. Died. Yeah, when you're mm-hmm. faced with an animal. I've always said this to other people, if suddenly, Bigfoot researchers, if you're out there and that feeling you get sometimes when you're out in the woods all alone, so I used to do all the time, sometimes at night, and it's just you, and suddenly you think to yourself, what was that? Is that something with me? And if you are all alone, like Nathan was that time, and you suddenly realize you're in a dangerous circumstance, you're with an animal. All animals are different. They're good bears and bad bears, angry bears and happy bears. And every time you meet a bear, the encounter could be completely different, right? Completely right. different. Absolutely. Um, there is no guarantee as to what's going to happen other than the animal has to make a decision on what to do about you and has the power to do something about you. Absolutely. When and we that's consider the trauma. what they are, is I, I mean, they could pick you up and toss you and yeah. you like going to go out. Um, you know, when, it's a frightening, frightening thing, even in, in the most benign of encounters. Yeah. It's, um, it's frightening. And it, it, Rio said over and over again in Monument, well, I don't have time to be scared. I don't have time to be scared. He went on to autopilot, and he, um, it was hilarious the way he just kept jabbering. And at one point, he actually turned around to show the structure, which he actually had approached just as the vocalizations began. Mm-hmm. And, of course, focused on that and the monument structure was behind him at the time when he was continuing uh, filming during the vocalizations happening and um, at, he's just hilarious because at one point he did stop and go okay so the reason I'm here the structure's right here and you can hear these things yelling still mm-hmm. you know he's got one at 12 o'clock one at three o'clock one at six o'clock and um, and he actually turned around to say okay but here's the structure by the way everybody um, but he kept saying to himself, I don't have time to be scared. I don't have time yeah. to be scared. And, you know, I think what was most scary about it is that they obviously knew he was there long before he realized they were there. Mm-hmm. And had they, not, had they not made a sound, the fact remains he was flanked by at least three of these things and would never have known. That's very With interesting. two dogs. Two dogs at him. And they head. didn't know either. Oh, they knew. I mean, they were, until the, they were running the all over the place. Oh, really? Yeah, they were. They were trailing off, and they do that. Um, he's had other uh, encounters. He's had a number of encounters since then, and the dogs um, many times alert him to the presence, and they'll they'll go right up to these things. And of course, if you know anything, and or if you believe anything about Bigfoot, um, one of uh, the most obvious. Um, facts that's kind of you know undeniable is that they are innately uh 
they just hide. They just, they, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just when people are around. It's just the way that they are. They're, they're masters of their environment. And um, Nathan once used his hand as a perfect way to describe the way that they behave. You're in the middle of the palm. Mm-hmm. And as you move, these five Sasquatch uh-huh. move, you know, and they always remain just far enough into the surrounding uh, environment that you don't make them out. Um, that's something that comes up time and time again, isn't it? Just out of sight, mm-hmm. just at the edge of sight. Like he, right. I wonder it, if this territorial behavior is common throughout. I've heard, I don't know if you ever listened to the Yowie Hunters uh, show, in Australia, it's a fantastic show, just live witness reports, nothing but yowiehunters.com, I think it's called. Anyway, I'm familiar with it, but I haven't, I haven't yeah, watched it. Like this, about 161 reports on the great interviews with witnesses. And again, and again, and again, and again, apart from when the creature is clearly trying to intimidate somebody because they're angry with them. It seems to be an angrier animal overall, the Yari. They yeah. generally tend to flank people, you know, and yeah. follow them out or kind of right. make you aware that they're pushing you out. Right. Yeah, no, they'll escort you like out. That. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, that's another interesting thing, too, that uh, R- Richter and I touched on a little bit. Um, all of these stories that people come back from hunting or camping. Oh, my gosh, we we were almost killed by a bear. And really, wow, you know, how big was that? I don't know. I never saw it. Um, yeah. If Bigfoot is out there, if uh, if they are as um, secretive as we believe, uh, and yet presence, very presence. Uh, mm-hmm. They clearly would have a much better sense of who we are than we do of them. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they just showed up in 1967. They've always been there. Yeah. Uh, how long? I don't know. Um, I, you know, who knows? Who knows what their lineage is? What their, you know, evolutionary chain is? Who knows? We don't know. We don't know. Um, but they've they've been around a minute, and so, it, we're we're the scariest things on the planet. Uh, definitely, I mean, all animals know about us. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you you walk into the forest and the birds shut up. Um, yeah. Big Bigfoot can smell us, see us. I mean, if they're like everything else in the forest, they know we're there. And some of these encounters, I think, the scariest aspect, as I was saying, is. Um, when they finally do make themselves known, it's usually to get us to get the heck out. Mm. They want us gone. And they don't even have to show themselves to get rid of so us. They know how we behave. Maybe that's something to do with the, the fear and the encounters that it is, once it's gone that far, it is normally a warning. So perhaps that's what people yeah. generally feel. You've come right. to the point where I'm going to show myself to you now to know that you shouldn't be here. You've got to get out. Hence the fear. I mean, I, I, really can't imagine it and I've run it over my head time and time and time again what are you going to do if you have a sighting once you're in it there's no going out until you're allowed out I'll tell you what you're going to do you're going to freeze <laughs> you're going to freeze and your brain is going to try and figure out what it is it. you're looking at I and, don't and, and, and knowing well, I should be looking at, I still won't know what I'm looking at of course yeah. I and always think of um remember that story about um when Cortez came um to the Aztecs and Moctezuma and his people they saw the ships and they didn't know what they were so they imagined they were floating mountains right but they didn't look like mountains but it's all we all have this um, little composite library this mental library all the things we know about 
which is why in the old times, you know, when you see drawings of uh, here in the UK, wood woes, um, or wild men, or you see drawings of lake monsters, it might have like the head of a fox and this weird swan-like neck and these clawed. It's just what you could think of at the time right, to describe what you saw. Yeah, we because only it's, have what we know in our in our database of, of yeah. you know how to explain these things. Yeah. What about the okapi yeah. that they discovered in the 1990s in the Congo jungle? Can you imagine somebody trying to describe that to you before it was discovered? Well, yeah. it's got the legs of a zebra and stripy, and kind of like the body of a horse with a neck of a giraffe with two horns on top, but it's a right. shorter neck, and you'd be like, "Come on, yeah, come on, this isn't a creature. Right. This is some crazy local." folklore and if they'd never discovered it all of the descriptions would still be kind of mad yeah. you know it looks like a bit of a mad creature yeah. and uh, i love that 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 could be discovered in the 1990s it's huge right. and right. in zoos well, everywhere. In the mountain gorilla it, it, mm. we've only known that it, it's only been a recognized species for 100 years Pretty you know it was a legend it was mm. a legend no i mean the mountain gorilla no the i mean also yeah, but yeah, yeah the Billy Ape as well. Now, if you take a, a creature that, just because of how elusive it is, uh, and and what has been observed, the claims that have been made, numerous different stories and little bits and pieces of information that has accumulated and come to us over the ages, they're clearly very, very intelligent. Probably more intelligent than a gorilla and mm. probably more like man than any other primate. Uh, it's not surprising that they are not recognized and mm. discovered, but I, I don't believe that they aren't discovered. And, and I think what they are and where they came from and all of those questions that we want answered so desperately mm. are answered. And somebody has that information. And the biggest question I think in this subject is why? What is it about them that is cause enough to keep allowing um, the denial? Uh, I see. So more that, that it's a known phenomenon uh, governmentally or uh, internationally in some way, but there's something about um, See, a lot of people see, somebody said, said to me before, I was talking to a, a creationist guy about this, and he thinks, because it's a bipedal ape, um, it should be if discovered, it should be used as a missing link. But what, yeah. what, what is actually discovered about it is that it's no link at all. And therefore, it sort of undoes some of the evolutionary theories that may be around. And other and people about, think... Those are the from, two possibilities, Andy. Those are the only two possibilities. And, and either one is a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. Either, either one, it, it, it creates an entire exactly. domino effect of, of big, big issues that we're not ready for. Either it's not a missing link or it is one. And either one causes huge problems. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a very interesting theory. All of this stuff, I love it. I love listening to, and although if you hear my own chatter sometimes on my own channel, I seem very critical. Most of it's always really faced in it myself because I spend half the time debunking the theories I've come up with, <laughs> which makes writing a real headache. Uh, <laughs> I look back at it and say, no, 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 that's rubbish, Andy. That's complete rubbish. You can't put that out. Nobody's going to believe that because you don't. And uh, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I always yeah. try to face that stuff in. But 
yeah, the theories are very interesting. The one thing that stands out to me a lot is that, uh, especially in today's society, uh, being a religious person from religious background myself, um, but also having not been beforehand, is that this kind of, uh, you know, we say God-shaped hole, a religion-shaped hole in modern-day Western society. And because of that, we find things to f fill it. And we often project yeah. this um, spiritual need onto things we're interested in, which is why yeah. there's so much offense and bickering in a Bigfoot community. In the well, one of the reasons. <laughs> Sorry, one, one of the them, many. One of the many reasons. But yeah. there is that I've experienced it time and time again. You've essentially offended, you know, you've offended them. And yeah. that's, that's such a, a hard thing to come back from. You know, I believed something that was my core belief and you've, uh, yeah. you've basically smashed it. Now I don't like Andy or Barbara right. or whoever. Yeah. 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 It's it's all very interesting and complex, and um, you know, we've hit on a lot of different little bits and pieces, and and each could be an entire show in and of itself. Yes. Uh, it's really endless, and um, uh, so much of the intricacies of this field of interest are unknown by the general population, and that's. It's one of the hopes of Project Go and See to, number one, shift the sentiment of the subject, um, make it more approachable by introducing the idea that anybody could go out and start finding answers for mm -hmm. themselves. Um, some of my favorite uh, members are those that came to us, like hunters um, or military, uh, who say, I've been in the woods my whole life. I've never seen any of this stuff. You know, you guys are fabricating this stuff. Mm. You're you're hoaxing it. You're building this stuff. We, I'm sorry, but we don't have 1,300 members all collectively willing to uh, go out and and build a hoax structure today, yeah. or or you know, three times a week uh, for a number of years, <laughs> like some of these people are are posting that frequently. Yeah. Um, it's just not happening. And um, I love when they get up in my grill behind the scenes in my PMs and um, decide that they just need to rant at me. And um, if I'm lucky, I'm able to convince them to, to go and look. And yeah. you, there's some pointers you can give people on, okay, if you're not finding the structures, do that, go here, focus on this type of area. And in a couple hours, I'm telling you, you're gonna find a structure. T prove me wrong. And I have yet, in fact, collectively, the group has yet to experience anybody, hear this, anybody come back to us and say they found nothing. Mm, no, I believe it's, it. It's yeah. never happened. If they really go out and they really try, they are going to find something. And um, shockingly, it's not just a structure, but the the number of people who come back and say, I was being beamed by something throwing pine cones at me, or um, all of a sudden there was somebody, and I, I, I kept going towards the sound hoping to find the source of it, but it just kept getting further away. You know, somebody had a stick and they were like banging on a tree. And, you know, these are people who don't know about tree knocks. Um, <laughs> and, or somebody is out there screaming, you know, and if you're lucky enough to have one of these people actually pursue the sound, which many people do out of curiosity or, you know, simply to 
you know, bust the person who's messing with them. They never, ever find the source. And oh, I've, I know I've heard those stories uh, time and time again. And that's, that to me is more encouraging than discouraging, actually, that, yeah. that people have experiences now. You know, whether we confirm things with our own bias or our own hopes or we speak ourselves in the woods or things happen is a different subject. The UK is very different to the US in the sense of we don't have large predators around. Well, we're not supposed right. to have. We have got a whole right. bunch of big cats. The cats, yeah. But um, they're, not, they're not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, but that's another story altogether. But generally speaking, we don't have bears. We don't have anything that can stand up and be mistaken. Uh, for a Bigfoot or anything like that. So when people are coming to me and they, they're giving me these experiences, I've got no choice but to believe them. I do some background research. And, um, you know, if it seems plausible, we often get things, uh, descriptions like it was like a tall gorilla or it was like mm-hmm. a chimpanzee on two legs but with a man's face. No Bigfoot yeah. on the brain type of uh, yeah. uh, descriptions. And I think that's important. But still... Yeah. You know, it's a big subject, and one may not be resolved in our lifetimes. I, I, I feel somewhat. Yeah. Uh, just before we go, Barbara, where yeah. I want people to know about Project Currency. Where, where can they find it? Can they join? Or how can they get involved? Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, Facebook is is the best place. Uh, the Project Go and See Facebook page. Um, uh, anyone can join. Uh, and uh, if you do join, um, please realize that uh, you can observe. You can simply go and observe and look what people at what people are doing. Uh, we would love for you to take the challenge and go and see. Um, if you want some pointers, uh, feel free to DM me in Messenger, and I can kind of guide you to um, a, a few things that might in, increase your odds of finding a structure. Uh, and post. Uh, don't share other people's content. We want what you post to be your content of what you have found. Um, and that's, it's that simple. Uh, your posts need to have pictures or video or audio, uh, and you don't have to um, tell us where you are. Uh, you don't have to disclose the area, none of that. And Again, we do have um, a secret group as well if you are ready to share things that um, you don't want the general public to see, but you want like-minded people who are also concerned about anonymity. Uh, we have a secret group, and feel free to PM me if you want acceptance into that. But um, awesome. there will be some... some uh, awesome. Some, you know, well, I'll, I'll be asking questions if you want in the secret group. So. Sure, and I, I hope that people will, will give it a look and, uh, you know, and go and see. Basically, I think it's a, a great idea for everybody. But thanks so much for speaking to me today. It's been delightful. And also to meet you as well, face to face after all this time. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thank soon. you so much. It was fun, fun. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay.